0: Hello, and welcome to Grim and Wim, unnerving tales to haunt, mystify, and spark curiosity. Let's be, be curious, curious together. Our first story is titled, The Man by the Shed. My boyfriend and I recently decided that we wanted to take the new tent we bought on its first trip. The tent was one that hooks up to your car to provide more storage space, and we were excited to try it out. We had planned a kayaking trip the next day at a kayak rental shop. It was supposed to be a nice, inexpensive, outdoorsy weekend getaway. We tend to book things last minute, so all the state parks and professional campgrounds were full. This led us to a website that is essentially an Airbnb for campsites. The place we chose was a 100-acre property just 20 minutes south of the kayak shop. Of all the sites in the area, it was described as having working bathrooms, showers, it allowed for campfires, and all the sites were car-accessible, important for a car-dependent tent. This site was also the most reviewed in the area, with three Five out of five star reviews. The area was very rural, so we did not think much about the low number of reviews for any of the campsites. The renter was Mary, who only ever texted us updates, but seemed sweet. We start our two hour drive a bit later than anticipated, which put us behind the 11 a.m. time we had originally informed the host, but we tried to keep her updated with the new schedule. She just told us to let her know when we arrive at the address she sent us. We arrive to the address and are greeted with the barn from the pictures. It had string lights lit up all over it, seemed fairly new, and just gave a nice feel to it. We sit in the car for a minute and struggle with cell service to text the host to let her know we had arrived. 10 minutes after our text sends, A sweaty man who appears to be in his 60s pulls up in an ATV. He lets us know that he is the father-in-law to Mary, and she is busy taking care of the seasonal harvest and send him instead. He let us know we can take the car anywhere on the property and offers to show us around in the ATV. My boyfriend, visibly uncomfortable, declines the offer and asks a few more questions about the woods and how far into them we are allowed to take the car. Anywhere. We can go anywhere. And the ATV man even offers to help pull my car out if it gets stuck. We ask one final question about cell service, and he jokes that if we are from around here, we will understand that the reception works better on one side of the barn than the other. I am from around here and thought it was funny, but once he said that, I realized he didn't have an ounce of an accent for here, like he should. Eventually, he leaves, and we begin exploring the property on foot. The barn has all the lights on in the middle of the day, and it looks nice and maintained. It is insulated and has a working kitchen. The only warning we got was to not drink the water. It seemed like a place that would host small 50-guest weddings. We walk past a shed out behind the barn to get to the trails that ran through the woods. After going through a hike that my car would have never survived, we decide it might be best just to camp by a small creek, and we chose a spot on the side opposite of the barn. We were still within walking distance, but we used my car as a buffer to feel a bit more isolated. We chose our spot and then go into the main town to eat and walk around. We message Mary about the fire policy and she tells us that they will deliver a fire ring to the barn for us to take to the camp. We arrive back at the barn about an hour and a half from nighttime. We drive by the barn and the lights have been turned off. We assume it was on a timer as to not waste energy or money. We also notice the fire ring had not yet been delivered. We start the grueling 30 minute setup in the sticky heat and reward ourselves with a sit in the air-conditioned car. We notice it looks like it is about to rain so my boyfriend and I pull out a card game and wait for it to pass in the car. It only lasts about 10 minutes but it is starting to be sunset. The tent held up nicely so we felt okay leaving it for a second. Needing to use the bathroom we start walking to the barn. As we cross the creek We hear what sounds to be like someone in the shed behind the barn. They sound like they're moving things around. A bit unsettling, but I tell my boyfriend that maybe they used equipment today, and it's just sitting there and making the cracking cool-off noise that equipment sometimes does. We get to the barn, and the lights are still off, but the fire ring is there. We go in and check to make sure the power is off, and it is not just the lights outside. None of the light switches will work, so we assume the power is cut. Again, maybe it's just on a timer. No worries. We step out of the barn and get 10 feet away and we hear a hum in the distance to the opposite side of the shed. The power to the barn is restored. Maybe it's the weather? We change direction to use the bathroom. As soon as we step inside, the power cuts and the hum stops. I start to get a weird feeling, and I can tell he has it too. I look to my boyfriend and say, maybe they're just watching us. I immediately follow it up with, no, that's a lot worse. We walk back outside and the light turns on. My boyfriend says that we need to leave, and I have the same gut-wrenching primal fear. We put the ring back by the barn since we had moved at 10 feet, and the barn lights start flickering. We briskly walk back to the car. The 30-minute setup was torn down in five minutes, and we jump in the car and lock it. I managed to get my car going, thanking God that the rain did not get my car stuck. We start towards the driveway, and just as we made it to the road, my boyfriend looks back and sees a man standing by the shed watching us. As soon as my car pulls off onto the road, We get a text from Mary letting us know that the fire ring is out by the barn. She also informs us that we are welcome to stay in the barn if the rain had messed up our camping experience. We arrive at a nice hotel, willing to splurge for safety. At this point, it's 10pm at the earliest. A sweet older lady checks us in, desperate for validation and just comfort from anyone. We tell her what had just happened to us at the campsite. She looks shocked. She asks if we had seen the news lately. We both responded that we had not. The lady tells us that couples in the state have been going missing. All of them had gone camping. Three couples were truly missing, and one was recently found on the side of the highway slashed near to death. They are, to the time of posting, still recovering in the hospital. We couldn't find many articles about where in the state but the look on the lady's face suggested it was near us. We get to our room and text Mary back to tell her we are not staying anymore. Thank you for staying with us, she responded. We lock the door to our hotel room and I break down into tears. I will not forget that feeling I got at that barn. The primal fight or flight feeling and the feeling of being watched. I feel it in my throat just writing this. I never want to experience that again. I don't know about you all, but I've seen enough horror movies to know that this guy who was at the shed was definitely Mary. He was definitely Mary the whole time, texting them, posing as this renter. And I bet he's done it tons of times before. I really hope that the couple um, called the police to let them know that there's this Crazy person pretending to be a campsite renter because, yeah, that's terrifying. Our next story is simply titled Last Summer. On Sunday, July 18th, 2021, I was in my backyard with my mom and I wanted to test out the brand new telescope I had just recently bought. It was finally a clear night. So I began setting it up and adjusting the lens and whatnot. After suffering for a few minutes, I was finally able to align my telescope with the moon, and I proceeded to admire all the glorious details on the moon's surface and how bright it was that night. I called my mom over to come look at the moon through the small lens. She said she wanted to see Jupiter, But I told her that it might take me a while since I was still trying to figure out how this telescope works. As I'm readjusting the position of the tripod, a weird feeling comes over me. It felt the same way as when you are walking around in public and someone keeps staring at you, and it's almost as if the stare from their eyes is burning into the back of your head. My instincts told me to turn around, so that's exactly what I did. As soon as I turned around, I noticed it. A very large, orange, glowing orb, just chilling in the sky, about a block away from my house. As I stood there in disbelief, my mind was trying to convince me that it's probably a plane or a helicopter. But all logical reasoning was thrown out the window when the glowing orb began to move in a bizarre zigzag motion. The exact moment when I whipped my head around to look at it, I saw that it became frightened because I noticed it floating there, just watching me. It freaked out and started zigzagging around and in seconds, it shot away at the speed of light, gone, without a single sound. To be honest, if I had blinked during any of this, I probably would have missed it. I started panicking a little bit because I was so confused and I couldn't believe what I had just witnessed. I had so many questions. What was that? Why was it watching me? If it was extraterrestrial beings, what were they planning to do? Every time I think about this experience it gives me chills, but it also makes me very curious to find out more about what I saw that strange summer night. Our final story is titled, I Didn't Order Pizza. So I was watching TV one night at about 11 p.m. when I heard a car pull up outside and the engine shut off. I figured it was probably a neighbor, but my nosy dog wanted to have a look and went to the window. He'd kind of messed up the blinds when he went up to look, so I got up to fix them. When I did, I noticed a car parked on the street across from my house and my neighbor's house. I couldn't really make out any details, but it looked like the driver was still sitting in the car. I didn't really think anything of it. I got a drink and went back to watching TV. Quite a while had passed since I fixed the blinds, but I'm not sure how long. I'd guess 15 to 20 minutes. Out of nowhere, I thought I heard a tapping at the door. Not a knock, it was much lighter and very quiet. My dog sat up to look at the door, and I paused the TV, when the same tapping then started on the window. I opened the blinds a little, and saw a man standing there. I couldn't make out his face properly, and he immediately walked back to the door and started tapping at it again. This doesn't sound very frightening, And I'm not sure why, but I suddenly had a really awful feeling. I felt absolutely terrified and had no idea why. The tapping at the door never stopped, but something in my head was saying, if I opened the door to him, then something really bad would happen. I went upstairs to open a window to ask what he wanted. It felt safer doing this. He said in a really quiet voice he was delivering pizza and told me how much it would cost. I felt so stupid for being frightened, but I told him I didn't order pizza. I guess he was speaking quietly and knocking lightly, so he didn't disturb my neighbors. My dog had followed me upstairs and was letting out this odd growl and bark, which was pretty unusual for him. I was trying to shush him when the man downstairs told me he had the correct address, and I would better get downstairs now and open the door to pay what I owed and collect my food before it got cold. I was really confused because I most definitely didn't order any food and began telling him that again when I noticed he didn't have a pizza. He wasn't carrying anything at all. I told him again that he had the wrong address and he got really angry. He kept telling me to open the door. He was going between angry and sort of trying to persuade me to go back downstairs. I asked him where the pizza was. He said he had hold of it. It was really dark, but he definitely didn't have anything in his hands. My dog was really making quite a bit of fuss at this point, and the stranger had turned into a broken record. Come downstairs, open the door, come downstairs, and open the door. All the noise must have alerted my neighbor, who did open his front door, and the man didn't say a word, but practically ran across the street to the car that I had heard pull up a while ago. He went back to the car empty-handed. I had no idea what he wanted, but he certainly was not a delivery driver. It really freaked me out as well that my dog is quite obviously a large breed, and the man saw him through the window, and he wasn't deterred at all. It seems even stranger and less random that he actually drove to my house, as though he planned on showing up. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now, but I hope to haunt you again soon. If you have your own scary story or a strange encounter or anything else that falls under the umbrella of mysterious or chilling or spooky, you can type it out and please send it to Whim at gmail.com That's I-m a-n-d-w-h-i-m at gmail.com.